one-point game. repeated itself to the point where we're there again yeah because trends I, I remember hearing that a lot as a kid like he goes it's all cyclical everything comes back because i remember in the 90s like bell bottoms were like a big thing like in the fifth and sixth grade and um i remember thinking like my mom telling me about that like hey that was cool when i was a kid and i'm like oh god like that immediately like made it like not cool in my eyes but then you had like all the cool girls like that's what they yeah. were wearing and whatnot so yeah it is all cyclical because i've seen a couple of trends you know, make their way back. Whether it's boy bands, you know, we got BTS, you know, that K-pop group and whatnot. Like basically Korean Backstreet Boys, you know. Yeah. And the Backstreet Boys are just like them coming around back from New Kids on the Block, the Jackson Five, and you know, the '50s like doo-wop and whatnot. Like it's all cyclical. Yeah, dude, it's nuts. But anyways, uh, speaking of cyclical, cyclical and '90s. The 90s, crazy time, man. Mm-hmm. I've always said this, like I've, I know I've said it at least three times because it's been a topic almost three times. Is that life for me is measured by the date to bef- everything before Tupac died and after Tupac died, and that year is 1996. And you know, if you haven't figured out after you downloaded this episode, you know, this is basically like our tribute to Kobe Bryant. Um, that's the year Kobe Bryant, you know, made his, you know, not to sound like all like, you know, super sappy or whatnot, but, you know, kind of made his way into my life is, you know, is pretty much like the NBA season starts, you know, September, you know, with the preseason in October, you know, is like when the real season starts. So he made his way into the league in 96 around that time. And it's literally like a week or two after Tupac died. So like, I'm losing one hero and kind of gaining another in a sense. And I remember when he first got, you know, drafted into the league, I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, he looks an awful lot like a nice guy, Tupac, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And I remember we traded Vladi Divac. Now, I apologize to all of our listeners who, you know, we're not sports fans, but we're big sports fans, you know, as much as we like to talk about the New World Order and, 
conspiracies and Alex Jones, you know, selling dick pills and whatnot. Like we, at our heart, our at our core, we're big sports fans. And you know, '96 was a special year for me because I feel like that's where I had like this really close net of friends. Where that's all we did on lunch recess is we played basketball. And we mirrored, you know, we built our little, you know, lunchtime basketball team after, you know, the 96 Lakers. You know, I was Shaq because I was the tallest and biggest kid. Yeah. You know, everybody that, you know, loved to, you know, chuck the ball up in the air and and yell Kobe. Like, that was my friend Robert, you know. Like, we just had, like, this really close-knit group that just mirrored, you know, the, you know, 96 Los Angeles Lakers. Because to me, I think of 96 as well. Like, the, even though the Lakers, you know, they probably, I think they only made it to the first round or whatnot. Like, that was, like, one of my favorite years of basketball. You still had Jordan. You had Carl Malone. You had, you, like, all, in my opinion, like, all the greats were still playing at that time. Yeah. So, it's funny because I didn't really get into sports till I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, my science teacher he would always have a bunch of like sports illustrated laid out because mm-hmm. we had to like read for the first like 30 minutes of class like so mr sanders no not mr sanders hargrove not a hargrove um it was the one that was it's um, funny because he was chubby and he kind of looked like the pringles man i can't remember his name oh yeah and he was dating the english teacher right i think so yeah god i wish i could remember his name it was supposed to be a science class but we didn't learn anything about science because yeah. he would just like talk to us. but uh he yeah. always had a bunch of sports illustrated and we were his like um it was what's it called when it's not a class but it's like your first mm. you show up there first like, like homeroom homeroom home right yeah, yeah so it was like homeroom and then we would do like first period so i had him back to back like homeroom first period and so like for they were trying to teach us how to read and shit. Mm-hmm. So like <laughs> they made us read yeah, whatever we wanted. Grade. They made us read whatever we wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. So you had to read for 20 minutes in silence to, to begin the class. And so every, all the boys, if you were a boy, you had to get the sports illustrated. You know, it was total mm-hmm. like machismo, but oh, still yeah. you had to do it. Everybody got sports illustrated. And that's around the time, you know, like I was getting into sports. Um, like, you know, I remember those years cause I was I was like really fascinated with with mostly football at the time to be completely honest, mm-hmm. but like basketball was starting to to like become more and more interesting. It it almost felt like to me it was just like the only thing that mattered in basketball was Michael Jordan to me. Yeah, and like I loved that was the, a king. I loved the Chicago Bulls. Like the Chicago Bulls were my team when I was it when I was young. I the first jersey I ever bought was Michael Jordan in any sport. And that's another reason I kind of fall in love with Chicago later on. I love the city of Chicago. I still love the Bulls. I'm a Spurs fan, but I love I love the Bulls. But um, to me, my first like Kobe moment, like where like oh shit, like this dude is fucking good, mm-hmm. was the 2001 uh, Western Conference Finals, where like Kobe fucking destroys my Spurs, like mm-hmm. like single handedly destroys my Spurs. And from that point on, it's funny because like. I always, I like the idea of like, of like iron sharpens iron kind of thing. Yeah. Like I think I've, I don't know if I've ever told you this but directly, but like every time I go through like a breakup or anything devastating, not devastating, but like any difficult thing, that's usually the point where like, it's like, okay, cool. Like now I can like, now I feel like I can overcome that because I've already like hit mm-hmm. the bottom. And I, f- I remember thinking like, skip this guy like like we're gonna come back stronger and like to me that's the thing that always felt really special about kobe because at this point it was like 
Kobe and Duncan's careers kind of like mirrored each other for several years, almost their entire careers where they were like- Pretty uh, much because, yeah, Duncan came in the year after Kobe in 97, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was just kind of like these two guys. And I think it's really, really sad to me, like, because it's, I never, yeah, I guess it's a rival, mm-hmm. but it's like, it always felt like such a brotherly rival. It wasn't a villain, uh, yeah, as you could say. It, it yeah. never felt like a villain. And um, and like I always felt like the greatness of either player, and, re- and I will just say specifically either player, is is almost, I won't say meaningless because they're still great players individually, but it's like Larry Berg always needed Michael, uh, Michael Magic Johnson to be like the players that they are. Mm-hmm. And like these two guys needed to have like each individually end their careers with five rings and like, and their careers with that ultimate, like, you know, I think it's really sad to look back at it, but just like a week or so ago, um, Kobe said, I would have ended up with 10 rings if it wasn't for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And, like, it really, really sucks. I remember when you texted me, um, or it was like a group message, and you said, you said, like, Kobe died. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I was listening to, to ESPN radio when you said that. Mm-hmm. And I was like the fuck are you talking about like i'm yeah. listening to espn radio i texted back like some smart ass remark and i was like what are you what are you talking about and like this is literally the night before lebron had just passed kobe yeah. crazy in, timing in uh in scoring so i was like is this is he talking about this what he's talking about i even looked it up and i was like i saw some tmz report i'm exactly. like this is this is what are you talking about man this makes no sense fake news yes. yeah i was like whatever and then, like, I'm listening to ESPN. I'm, like, still not hearing anything. They're just talking about the Pro Bowl. And then I was, like, he, he's tripping. I started doing a bunch of research. I even messaged my sister, mm-hmm. who is, like, a diehard Lakers fan. She lived in L.A. for, like, several years. She mm-hmm. went, um, And so um, I was, like, hey, did Kobe die? And she's, like, what are you talking about? Because, like, she literally responded almost the exact same thing. Like, talking about because LeBron passed him last night or something. And then, like, 10 minutes later, like, literally, like, minute by minute, like ESPN broke it, everyone broke it, and then like I was in disbelief. Like you're you're the Lakers fan, I can't even imagine, but I was yeah. in dis- disbelief. Like me and my girlfriend were we were driving around, and like we were actually gonna go back home, back to her place to like watch the Spurs Raptors game, and like it just it it, it almost it almost felt like what what is going on? Like the mm-hmm. first thing that I started seeing was. Like Demar Derozan, like crying, mm-hmm. and he Shaking. was re- he was Shaking. really really close to to Kobe. He's an LA kid. He grew mm-hmm. up a Lakers fan. He he wanted to play with Kobe at one point. It didn't work out. He stayed in Toronto, but like he was Kobe's like protege, dude. Like like yeah, that was a dude that he would spend the summers with, like just watching him and like practicing with him. It devastated him to see that. Like that's the way the game started, just with an with image of Greg Popovich like hugging him. Yeah. And it was just like, man, this can't be real. Like, I remember thinking, like, in the back of my mind, like, I knew it was real. It's like someone's telling you that this is real. Like, Woj had broken the news and all this stuff. And I kept thinking, like, nah, someone's going to turn out, like, or TMZ is going to get in trouble for saying some bullshit Because they've done that before with Lil Wayne. I think Sylvester Stallone has died, like, seven times through their sources and whatnot. So it's like, you're you're absolutely right. I was... We, me and my girlfriend had just come home from a, a, a very nice breakfast and we'd never go out and do that. Like we're trying to save money, you know, for the kid and whatnot. And I was like, Hey, fuck it. Let's go eat breakfast and whatnot. And something just told me just like, 
let's let's just have like a quality breakfast i was like this is weird that's a weird feeling to have like a weird intuition like i never have that yeah saying it out loud makes me sound so super cheap but anyways um (laughs) (laughs) uh, shout out maggie's cafe but um uh, we had this beautiful breakfast uh, wake up early and whatnot and i remember looking at my phone at 9 45 i remember that time vividly just because i was like wow man i can't believe i'm up this early in the morning i don't know why what the fuck like this is super weird and you know the plan was after we ate breakfast you know go grocery shopping um across the street and my girlfriend was like no i'm in pain like let's just go home and i was like all right that's fine we'll just go later and I remember I was getting ready to just go to the gym because I was like, you know what, let me work this off and get the gym out of the way and we just have the rest of the day to ourselves. And I remember I was just putting on my shorts and funny enough, dude, like it's super weird. Like I put on my black mamba shorts, like these like custom Nike shorts with like snake skin on it and whatnot. Like I, I, I hardly ever wear them, but I was like, you know what, I haven't worn these in a while. Like, I don't know, I need to wear these. And I remember I got the little update on my phone uh, from TMZ and I looked at it and it says Kobe Bryant dead. And I was like, huh? And the same thought that you had it's too. It's that you get TMZ report. <laughs> I, I know. I like, I never do. But I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. And so I look at it and I'm like, ah, oh, that can't be true. That's fake news and whatnot. Right. So I'm almost out the, on my way from the door. I'm like, oh, let me check. Cause I mean, that would be like a horrible way to brush it off and then come to find out, you know, that he's really has passed. So I spend the next hour like combing mind you this is like 959 or whatever right and i'm combing the airwaves i start off at you know nbc cbs abc espn and this time you know the pro bowl like they're like the, the pre-game show and whatnot you know it's just they're just bullshitting back and forth like hey, oh now now hi do you think russell wilson can jump and i'm like you know what espn really would have said something by now so i'm like ah, it's it can't be true. It cannot be true. That's how I felt, dude. I had I we were listening to the radio in my girlfriend's car. My girlfriend was driving, and I was like, "Nah, he's playing." Because like, mm-hmm. they would have immediately burst in with like, "Hey guys, a special report." Like, because it's huge. Like when you think about it, we I barely saw this on ESPN today on first take. Um, they said that only in the history of the NBA. Now the NBA is like what, like seventy five years old. Only two of the league's MVPs have passed away. Like, that's the difference between football that we were talking about last week where, you know, a player dies almost every week and basketball where, you know, they live long, prosperous lives where only Wilt Chamberlain and I believe Moses Malone, those are the only two players in the history of the NBA of their MVPs have passed away. Kobe Bryant, straight out of high school, one of the at one point was playing in the NBA at 17 years old is dead at 41 years old like we're not too far away from that age group like such a young life and he's dead and when you look at the nba i was thinking about it in the shower you know the only only way this would be bigger is if jordan passed in the same sense but even jordan's name is kind of i know this might sound like sacrilege but it holds a little less weight nowadays because kids nowadays like they didn't grow up watching jordan like you and i they grew up watching kobe you watch every player in the league, every single player's tribute was saying, I the reason why I picked up a ball is because of him. Yeah, I mean, most of the players in the league right now, you know, are if they're entering the league in the last ten years or so, mm-hmm. their Michael Jordan was Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't they didn't catch those you know, Mike 
the Michael Wizards. Jordan, Michael maybe. Jordan really wasn't Michael Jordan after like '98 or something. Like, mm-hmm. like it was you know it was kind of a shell of his former self. But to see Kobe, to see those years, those you know somebody I forgot what player it was. He talked about the uh, Lakers versus Celtics um, playoff series, and I had almost forgotten that that happened because. Mm-hmm. Those those weren't. I don't even think that those are Kobe's. I think that was Kobe becoming Kobe who he is now. Mm-hmm. That was Kobe as number twenty four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's another thing I wanted to touch on. Like, you know, he started off with the number eight. You know, mm-hmm. very young player, and he had his own scandals. And we talked about like on this podcast about everybody fucks up you know we talked about like dudes that do like blackface paint and then you fuck up in life and you have to grow as a person just mm-hmm. because you failed just because you fucked up in life doesn't mean you you have, have to, to own that for the rest of your life yeah doesn't have you, you know you have to fucking you know and then or i should say I, define you yeah you know he had one of the worst things that you know his name was like associated associated with, with was rape to be completely you know just to be like transparent about things you know, what happened in Denver, Colorado, that was like a whole thing. And I don't want to really get into that. But And it's weird, too, because you hate to be like, I, for me personally, like in the Me Too moment, you're like, wow, we all kind of forgot that Kobe got accused of that. And it's weird because it, depending on what side of the fence you choose to be on, that's the narrative you'll ride with. You know, I mean, I'm all for, you know, like, hey, we got to support victims and whatnot, right? But I'm also like, I, I'm not one of those people that, you know, likes to say, oh, we have to believe all women. Because quite frankly, you know, I have like three ex-girlfriends. Like, yeah, they I can totally see them, you know, you know, calling Wolf, you know, on something false like that. But at the same time, you don't know what really happened. The only two people that know is Kobe and that girl. Yeah, but. And the, the way everything played out is kind of weird. It's kind of awkward. And like you, I know, I'm sure this is where you're going with it. It's just like Michael Vick like you have to have redemption you know you do i mean you know cr- I, I, criminals go free all the time you know mm-hmm. like that kid from um that school forget from duke the duke lacrosse team or oh, whatever yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of shit like that kind of shit happens all the time and you never hear about them cuz you never really hear them like learn their lesson they never become a better person because of it um not only that but i remember one time he um he like yelled a homophobic slayer at another player, right? Oh yeah, yeah. After that, he kind of became like this, like an advocate, advocate for it. He was very outspoken about like equal rights and all these things like that. Like to me, it's life, and you know, the rape thing is like a bit touchy because I don't want to like say like, well, he's a better person because of it now. But the thing about it is like who he was, especially I would say after two thousand eight on forward, is like the Kobe that like really fucking changed the community around him Mm -hmm. he became a much better person prior to that he was young and irresponsible like a lot of people are young and irresponsible yeah and he changed he became he became a a father and he became like a very good father Mm -hmm. it's really sad i I, the the worst part of this whole news in my opinion obviously he he passed away millions of people around the world you're wearing a kobe shirt right now Millions of people are going to remember his name. A statue will be built in front of the Staples Center. I'm pretty sure they're probably going to name the regular season MVP trophy after Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. It's He's never going to be forgotten. It's a damn shame that his, his daughter was also in the helicopter. Because yeah. his daughter, even though people are remembering it now, she probably won't be remembered 
in the same light as Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, she has such a promising career. She was going to go to UConn. She was going to probably become a, a WNBA all-star and Hall mm-hmm. of Famer possibly. We don't know. We'll never know. And that's a damn shame. That's yeah. that's the sad part about this because Kobe Bryant, he was 41. 41 is probably just a half a lifetime, mm-hmm. but still he lived a good life. Mm-hmm. He, he, the majority of his life, he was the king of LA. Mm-hmm. Like, even after retiring, like you see this a lot, like, you know, after a player retires, like their their name kind of fades away a little bit. You know, there's exceptions, of course, like Jordan and whatnot. But even in a town like L.A., like you go to Staples Center and there's like you get lost in the tree of statues of how many legendary players have been there. And, you know, I'll say it. The Lakers are like the Yankees where it's just like we'll have another one next season, you know, another superstar. But we saw this like two years ago when LeBron came to town, like, where he proclaimed himself the king of L.A., and you saw all those murals being defaced saying, like, you ain't no Kobe. Like, years after, but four years after Kobe had retired and played his last game, like, people, the city of Los Angeles loved him. He was their adopted son. One story that I saw yesterday was a comedian I follow. He was talking about how he wanted to go to Staples Center and he wanted to bring a a purple and gold uh, bouquet uh, to the arena. And he went to the florist and he asked for that. And he he said, well, how much do I owe you? And she asked him, he goes, is this for Kobe? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, this is L.A. And he just gave it to him. And to me, it's just that's the touching part where it's just like, of course, me and you, we feel it. Like he was your rival. He was one of my heroes. You know, Shaq, Shaq's my all-time favorite player. But, you know, it's a brotherhood. You see Shaq, you know, breaking down crying. And I'm wanting to cry just even thinking about Shaq crying. But, like, people who – aren't even into sports like you saw people that not, probably not, didn't even watch one game being touched by this story you know people like around the world you know that might not even be able to understand any of the words that this man spoke or anything but just admired him for his that mamba mentality that work ethic um, a lot of things that he did in the community a lot of things that he did for women's basketball we we I mean we forget about that you know And the thing that always sticks out, and I've said it to everybody I've had this conversation with, is something that you posted. I don't know if you said it or you got it from somebody, but he literally died trying to be a good father. Yeah, I wrote that. I, um, (laughs) my girlfriend did say that she thought that was kind of weird that I said that, but I think it's true. I think it's absolutely true. It's, it's, it's really sad because, like, I'm sure this is this is how he would want to be remembered as a good father mm-hmm. above being a good basketball player. And it's just it's it's really it's uh, sorry it's like really emotional just thinking yeah. about it cuz it's 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 a it's a damn shame that that that, that happened. I keep thinking, you know, it's so shitty for for his wife and his two other daughters, three other, three other, daughters. other daughters. Um just one of them is only like one years old, so she'll never really get to Seven know him. Months. Yeah, she'll never really get to know him, and that's the scary thing about life and and the unpredictable part of life that you don't really know when you're gonna leave to work and not come back, or you know, go to the mm-hmm. grocery store. He was just going to a basketball game, a thing of leisure, and isn't coming back. Isn't gonna see his wife and his daughters again, and it's 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 a real bummer because it, it, you know. It wasn't you know, supposed to happen to him. I think that's the bit, that's the the uh, part of the sadness of it too, where it's just you know he did die in a helicopter accident, but 
you want to blame to me you want to blame the pilot the pilot was asking for permission to fly he could have he was looking for a way out to say hey you know if it's not safe i'll turn back um and you know just the unfortunate thing with the fog you know that's a fucked up thing there i wrote down one of the things that you know he probably was experiencing is called spatial disorientation where you know any experienced pilot you know they don't know what up from down is and that's probably what happened because you know they were in a heavy cloud of smog and or fog and you know he went to turn they say that the um, helicopter made a sharp left and went right into the hillside when he thought he was ascending up because the last communication said hey you need to you need to get up so we can get you on our radar because he was like hey he that's what the pilot was asking for it was like hey can you you know send radar to follow me so to make sure you know i'm not going to do anything like run into a hill so it's not the the sad thing is is like it's not like he was a risky person you know doing something silly like paul walker who had another who was another tragic uh, celebrity death but he was you know, basically in a rocket ship of a car, you know, driving recklessly, you know, Kobe wasn't doing that. It's not like he's, um, Antonio Brown, you know, just living life foolishly. Yeah. Or even I made the comparison to one of my coworkers as well. It's not even like Michael Jackson where, you know, he's, you know, on all these, or Prince, you know, where they're like on all these pain medications and he ODs where it's just like, it's a different kind of sadness because he's doing what millions of parents do every single day taking their son or daughter to you know basketball practice it's it's random man i i've said on a couple of different podcasts because you know that's the way that's the law of the universe Mm -hmm. you don't have any control over it Mm -hmm. you don't know you might be the world's best driver you might be a hundred percent locked into what you're doing you know like even if we put the world's best (laughs) i mean the titanic sink it was the world's best ship that was Mm -hmm. created at that time it still fucking sank like the 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 law of the universe, man. It's just it's unpredictable. You don't know what which which car you're gonna pull out of the deck that day, um, and you know it's really unfortunate. That's that's the fucking crazy thing about it that it was such a like mundane thing. And you're right. I think we would all be like, oh, okay, makes sense. Kobe was drinking and driving and mm-hmm. crashes like fucking Ferrari into a building and oh, well, that's kind of what you get, Kobe. But it, this isn't that at all. No, and, yeah. and like you can't even blame. You really can't blame anybody for it, you know, other than, you know, the fog, you know, but like one thing too, like, uh, like the celebrities that, you know, like Ice Cube, like they have their stories where, you know, he heard the news and he said immediately he texted Kobe because everybody like in unit, it's so weird to me, like everybody in unison did not want to believe it because it can't be true he's supposed to grow old like Bill Russell and say crazy things and, you know, tell, you know, young whippersnappers like, oh, back in my day, you wouldn't make it in my league and whatnot. Like, that's not supposed, that's not how his legacy is supposed to end. Like, it's, everything is so storybook, even from the last game that he ever played where he's basically a geriatric out there, but he scores 60 against the Utah Jazz in a meaningless game, but brings the team back and, you know, beats them you know takes utah one of his rivals you know one of the ultimate rivals as a laker fan in the 90s you know out of playoff contention too at that like it's just so kobe so fairy tale. everything is just 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 always just seemed to work out for his good you know for him that's not how his life is supposed to turn out you know dennis rodman yeah maybe run yeah. our test maybe but and i'm not wishing that i know on them but it's just this not how this should have worked out for him 
Yeah, I agree. It's it's random, man. We're left with really good memories of him, man. Like, I think of all those playoff games, and those were my favorites, right? Regular season games were great and everything, but one of the, the damn shames, and I, I think we've talked about this, like, you know, as Duncan's career was coming to an end, and I knew it was coming to an end, one of the shittiest parts about that was that that was the point where like the Lakers were kind of like in rebuild mode. Kobe mm-hmm. was really the only piece, and it, you know we they weren't going to be in the playoffs anymore. Like he just knew they weren't going to be in the playoffs. I remember even when they asked Duncan in his final interview, like the last time he played against Kobe, it's like is this is this does this feel weird that it's going to be the last player? He's like, no, it's it's not like old times. But even he was just kind of like this isn't like fucking like us going head to head like. Mm-hmm. juggernauts right now like even he was kind of disappointed on his way out like i wanted to like go against him i was showing my girlfriend the other day um actually the same day the day that he that he passed away um i showed i showed her uh doing work the spike lee movie yeah and like kobe was the same way kobe did not want the easy way out no the, the beginning part of that of that documentary they talk about how Maja Nobly had like a hurt groin or something and he's like, man, it's a damn shame that he couldn't play. Like, that's a bad boy right there. And he's just, like, going on about, like, he wanted to play them at their full strength because mm-hmm. he wanted to win the hard way. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I really like about Kobe. Like, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people like about Kobe because we want that in ourselves. Like, we want to we wanna envision ourselves being the same way. We want us to be, I want the hard road. I want to do this. I want to work harder than everyone. Like Iron I, sharpens iron. Yeah. And, like. Um, I think that's why some people don't like LeBron because LeBron has switched teams. Every time he starts getting hard, he switches to a new, another mm-hmm. team that's like ready to rebuild. It's like, oh, it's kind of hard here. I didn't do good with the Lakers. Bring me Anthony Davis. Or just a, <laughs> even a perfect example, like watching that Philadelphia game where he you know, passed Kobe on the all-time scoring list. I'm watching him. I'm like, you guys are down by not that much points, but there's no heart there. There's no drive. You know, Maybe I'm just speaking you know, out of turn here, but like, I'm like, if Kobe was in there, like he would be fighting to make a comeback, you know, and hit that game winning shot. Like he did, like, I remember it was uh, the first time we played the Celtics in the finals, you know, they were, he was down with <laughs> something ridiculous, like 40 points or whatnot. Kobe is still out there, like playing defense hard, trying to score, you know, j- just to come back from 40. And there's only two minutes left, you know? Yeah. I remember seeing that and that's called that Mamba mentality. You know, again, I know we don't have a lot of sports, fans that listen to us but i mean that transitions beyond sports here when i think of basketball literally basketball all it is is putting a pleather ball through a nylon net but it takes certain special individuals like your michael jordans like your shaquille O'Neal's, like your tim duncans to transition something so simple into something meaningful to millions of people and that's what kobe will always go down for is like that work ethic being that first person there and the last person to leave, always taking the hard way because he knows that's the, that's what's going to be you know the greater reward in the end. He could have left those Laker teams, man. He could have been like, you know what, I'm not going to win here these last few years. I want to go to a contender. He could have done that so easily. Mm-hmm. The Lakers would have probably granted that because that's like one of the all time greatest Lakers. They didn't choose. They didn't choose to take that road. Mm-hmm. Chose to stick with it. Chose to be there all those years. You know, like really, really admire that man. Like it's 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 a it's a bummer and like one of my favorite memories looking back at it it was like spurs lakers fourth quarter relatively close game but the lakers were gonna need kobe to win this game 
I think he like dislocates his like ring finger and then just goes to the bench, has someone like pop it back into place, and then like you could see it hurt as he popped in, popped it into place, goes back and just like plays like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite Kobe moments, and that was against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. It was it was difficult. It was you know it, it was it's every time we played the Lakers, you knew it was gonna be tough because that guy was not gonna give up. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking in two thousand eight. Uh, also Western Conference Finals. Spurs and Lakers go to five. Lakers win in four. Mm-hmm. Um, but every game was essentially the same thing. Kobe wouldn't shoot much first quarter, second quarter. It was really third and fourth quarter when he would, once he Take like over. facilitated, like everybody got everybody got their touches. Everyone's feeling the game now. Now I'm going to take over. And I, re- I remember always thinking like, oh, okay, here comes the storm in the third quarter. He like, he's been saving himself all game for this. And the fact that he could just turn it on like that was mm-hmm. like amazing to me. And like, like honestly, like thinking back at these, I have no notes in front of me. I'm just like going off memory of like these like things that I remember, like little Kobe moments of like of of those back and forwards. Like I I, I love them. Like also, there's like this moment where like I don't even know if you know who George Hill. George Hill was yeah, a, yeah. A, he played for the Spurs. He's played for a couple of different teams. Pacers, I think now. Yeah. Um. Actually, I think he's Raptors. with M- Milwaukee right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. But you know, he was drafted by the Spurs and um he he tried to go like toe to toe with Kobe as like a second or third year player. Uh-huh. And Kobe, like the fact that he knew his his stats and like started telling him his stats to his face, the fact that this is a player in his third year, barely he's just he's Tony Parker's backup. Yeah. And like the fact that he was like going to him, like saying, like, why are you even talking to me? Like you you're shooting like this percentage, you only score like seven points a game like why are you even talking to me at that point you know at that point being a Spurs fan you're like get out of here man like what are you talking about but the fact that he knew like he knew the fucking like he didn't have anything in front of him reading like here are your stats like he just knew him the fact that obsessive he he was obsessive about the game and like you just have to respect it about him Mm -hmm. I I was listening to a bunch of like San Antonio podcasts today because they were all kind of reflecting about of you know his greatness basically and they were talking about how one of the things that kind of bothered him was that he wanted to kind of get under your skin. Like, like he knew he would get under Bruce Bowen's skin whenever he played the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And, like, not to keep going back to Duncan, but Duncan never showed any emotion at all. And I think that always bothered him that I was like, damn, the one guy I, I can't get to, like, show emotion. It was just like, I think that's what made it such a good rivalry. Like, they were almost complete opposites of like the exact same coin of like, yeah, here's the dude that's going to like show you. Although I think Kobe was a little more like Michael Jordan esque. Mm-hmm. And like, I love that. I love that about him. Cause I love Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan's still my favorite player of mm-hmm. all time. And I love the fact that he worked that hard. Like there's really no one in the league that's like that now. I guess Either. Kawhi's Kawhi's close, but everyone else is like, I don't see any, I don't see that in people right now. Yeah. Like it's a, it's very much because I relate. Me and my coworkers were talking about this all day, and like you've known me for what fifteen years, like, and I've adopted that mindset where you always have to be the best. Like I remember working at McDonald's, I had to be the fastest in the kitchen. I had to be, I had to be number one in every stat. I get to Target, and you know, you remember that, like when I was working toys, there was two people that would have to close toys, and they would still need help at the end of the night you know, just to get that, that department done during Christmas, they would stick my ass back there by myself and I would have it done. And that was all thanks to that mindset that I adopted from Kobe Bryant, who would get obsessive about it, who would see an obstacle and say, hey, 
I'm going to own this by myself. And you're very, you're 100% right when you talk about he wanted to get under people's skin, but it was always for a reason because I'm going to break you down to build you back up. That's why him and Shaq had so much beef. I was listening to Shaq's podcast yesterday, and, I mean, again, talk about, like, the sadness there. I mean, you you would think they're mortal enemies like Batman and Joker, but, like, it was very much a brotherly love between them. And, I mean, I consider you my best friend. We argue. We, we have little tit-for-tats and whatnot, and we'll have little scones, but that's a part of being brothers, you know? And he was beside himself, and then they replayed, like, the interview they did when Shaq started his podcast and you could hear it like they were talking about practice where Kobe would like say stuff to get under Shaq's skin, you know, and he goes, I only did that big fella because I was trying to motivate you. He goes, I knew any minute that you could have like snapped my neck off. He goes, cause I seen it. I seen you dominate, you know, players, you know, like Yao Ming, you know, players that were bigger than you and take on all five members of the Portland trailblazers by yourself because I knew you were better than what you were displaying. And Shaq for all intents and purposes you can tell you can say he's like the second best center of all time behind Kareem and Kobe was trying to get him to be a better version of himself. That's why a lot of players, you know, like Dwight Howard, you know, when he was playing with Kobe, like didn't like that because if you weren't, you know, mentally strong, you weren't gonna get along with Kobe. And like that's one thing that I admire too, because like every coworker I would be working with, like, hey, you suck at this, but this is how you're gonna get better. And I know that doesn't fly in today's day and age, you know, because I, I do feel like people are softer now, but I do feel like that that's great. You know, as men, you know, we need to hear that. We need to hear the truth. We don't need to be coddled and whatnot. And Kobe would do that to every single teammate, you know, of his. And that's why you would see like, hey, they went from the 2000 to 2002, you know, three-peat Lakers you know, end up losing 2004, losing Shaq, and he has to start all over again, but redoes it again, you know, three straight finals again against Boston, the Orlando, and then Boston again. It's because he's able to get in your head, break you down, but just to build you back up. And that's a, that's a form of genius as well. Not anybody can do that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's not even all about, like, winning games. Correct, it's, it's, yeah. It's not even, like, you know, winning games, losing games, it's it's whatever. It's at the end of the day, like he really only climbed the mountain five times. And that's not a knock on him. That's that's a that's a that's more of like every time he fell he got back up. He he mm-hmm. won multiple multiple times and it wasn't always back to back. It wasn't always easy. Sometimes, you know, the the Lakers when um Andrew Bynum went down, like that was mm-hmm. That was a tough blow. Obviously, they had Paul Gasol. They had a, they had a very good team, but it was it was going to be a t- tough climb. Man, those are good times, man. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this thing right here. I, I was like, why do I remember this? This is from uh, Game One of the 2008 Western Conference Finals. Uh, no, wait, not Game One. Was it Game One? No, it was Game. I forgot what game it was. Um, but. Um, no, game one, game one, the Spurs were up by like 27 points and lost. Because Kobe came back in the third quarter. That was a goddamn... Because <laughs> you were living in San Antonio at that time, yeah. huh? Yeah, and so they had, um, during shoot-around, you can you can get autographs. You can do that. You can do that at Staples today. But um, um, basically, like, Tony Parker was the star of the show. It was it was 
really difficult to get anything uh, Spurs related. I was trying to get my Spurs hat signed. I couldn't get anything. Um, and then this, I think I I got this magazine when I was still living in Bakersfield. I don't remember exactly where I got this magazine. Um, but I had the magazine and um, it was the only thing that I had that was Lakers related. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's the only thing I wanted to get signed. And I, and I was like, I'm, I'm not a Lakers fan. So I was like, I got to give this to Jacob because that was like the coolest thing to me. Like mm-hmm. the fact that there were Laker fans there, but there weren't obviously at San Antonio. It yeah. was it was a lot easier to get an autograph there. That was really cool. I had completely forgotten about this. I Where was, Kobe actually signed. Yeah, Art's Kobe like, Kobe signed this thing. Um, I never got I never got anything signed by any of the Spurs because I was trying to get Manu Ginobili's when I was at Staples. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing too. <laughs> you you always hear about this and. You know, of course, you know, when it's time to, you know, the cameras are on, you got to be nice to the fans and whatnot. And this to me is admirable as well because I'm not much. I, I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not much of a people person. I, I, that's why I think I like Kobe so much because he identified himself as a loner, a lone wolf and whatnot. And to me, like that's that's me a lot. You know, I don't like to be around too many people. I'm not a people person, but he – um he always talked about like giving fans their moment, you know, even when the cameras were off, like you see, you would watch ESPN these last couple of days and you just see like these random ass, you know, sports anchors that I don't even know their names, but breaking down and crying because he would sit there, whatever he was doing and take the time out to talk to him. And we're talking about like 22 year old, like interns and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, you know, just like answer any question to him and whatnot. And, Kind of like with your story with, you know, getting the autograph, you know, at San Antonio. I remember I was at Disneyland with one of my ex-girlfriends. And I just remember just seeing like this mob of security like walking by. And I was like, wow, that's random. Like somebody getting arrested at Disneyland. Did like someone like pull Mickey's dick or something? Like (laughs) (laughs) this is crazy. Like what's going on? Like, and I just see like this really tall skinny dude like just walking in the background by kind of where King Arthur's sword's at. Yeah. Uh, by that carousel and I was like just standing by the bathroom waiting for my girlfriend to get out and all of a sudden like Kobe Bryant um, walks by walks right by me like because everyone's you know clamoring or whatever and security's pushing him away or whatever and I'm just kind of awestruck and I have like a Laker hat on and I remember he like touches the bill on it and he's like I love your hat brother and like gives me like a bump on the fist and I'm like holy shit Kobe Bryant just fucking he approached me, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It was just like, but just had like that big smile on his face. And I was like, you'll get him next year. Cause I, I believe like that was one of the years, like, you know, we had unceremoniously uh, early exit from the playoffs. And he just kind of looked back and smiled at me. And I was like, and it wasn't like one of those, like, Oh, I, I bet you there's cameras looking at me right now. Just like, hell yeah, brother. Like, just like, like a genuine, like little connection. And I always remember that. Cause it's, you know, Anytime you go to L.A. or a concert or whatever, you know, I'm sure, you know, they don't want to be bothered by people fanning all over them. I'm sure if somebody that listens to this podcast came in here and was, like, super nervous and awkward and weird around me, like, I would feel uncomfortable. I don't think I'd be the nicest person unless it was (laughs) Nicole Smith-Bosch. But, but like, I I always remember that because, like, it was such an awkward moment, but, like, he just – he gave me my moment that I'm sitting here, you know, reminiscing about, you know, after his death, you know, and it's just, people don't forget things like that, you know, and that meant a lot. Yeah, man. Like it's crazy. Like those types of memories, those honestly, like the experiences of just being at a basketball game and being part of the madness, like there, there are things that, that I, 
it's gonna sound dumb, but I never thought like as a, as a kid that I would be like courtside at any game. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was at uh, Clippers Spurs and like to be that close to like Monte Ginobili and uh, Monte Ginobili was a different cat altogether, just because there was so many people there from Argentina that it was like a fucking like Clippers versus Argentina game. <laughs> like it was nuts. Like yeah. I remember like like. There were people there, like, waiting in line before the doors opened just because they were all, like, fucking mm-hmm. argentina out. And it was fucking nuts. So that's why I didn't get anything autographed from him. I do have an autographed Duncan ball, but that was a that was a birth- or Christmas gift or something like that. But, Hell yeah. yeah, man, like, I just – honestly, like, I I think the world of Kobe, I, th- I think he's one of the great I, – I don't – I don't put any weight into like who's your Mount Rushmore of basketball. Like that's mm-hmm. all bullshit. That's all like for ESPN to like put yeah. together. I, I hate that kind of talk because at the end of the day, these guys are all like human beings. They're all individuals, and like mm-hmm. fuck all that. Like life is more than basketball. I appreciate everything he did in basketball, and I appreciate all the great memories that he put together. But he was a great father. He did he did great things on and off the court. But mm-hmm. I mean, the father thing to me is the best part about it. He was yeah. so supportive to his daughters, and that's how I. That's how I like to remember him. Obviously, like those like Kobe versus Duncan moments are great. One of my favorite memories is that commercial where they have that split screen, and, yeah, and they I were both that. saying the exact same thing. And like, I remember like to me that is one of the best like finals commercials ever. Mm-hmm. And like, I just you know like that's the kind of shit like I live for, and that's great. And I love basketball. You know, like. Because it gives people hope, you know, you come home from a shitty day at work. I don't know about you, but even today at work, like, removed, like, all this depression with, you know, his passing. Just a really shitty day at work. And the thing that I was telling one of my other coworkers was just like, you know what? The, the, another tragedy of this is, is that, you know, we, we use basketball. That's our entertainment. That's our escape. You know, it gives us hope. It takes our mind off the shittiness of life, you know, whether it's school, home, you know, work or whatnot. You go, you go home, you turn on Fox Sports Net, and you see Shaq and Kobe, you know, come back and win a game, and it gives you joy, it gives you hope, gives you inspiration. Like I said, my whole work career is modeled after this guy, <laughs> you know, and you people really need that, you know. Like I said, basketball is just putting pleather into a net, but he gave so much, you know, those 20 years that he played, you know, giving everybody around the world those positive vibes. He sacrificed his time with his family, sacrificing time with his wife, sacrificing time with his kids, sacrificing his body. You know, this dude never, he had to go to Germany to get, you know, to reconstruct like fucking cartilage for his knees because he had no more cartilage in his knees at one point. Um, Giving so much and then after retirement, you know, it, it only lasted like what, like three or four years for him, for the world to come back to him. So that he, like, I don't know if I'm articulating it well or not, but, like, he gave most of his life giving his talent to us to enjoy, to take inspiration from. But when it was the world's time to give back, you know, like you said, to see his daughters grow up to be, you know, something special. Because there's no doubt in my mind, you know, Gianna, his daughter that died with him, she would have went on to do great things. His oldest daughter is very beautiful as well. There's no doubt, like, she wouldn't have done, you know, something special as well. Um, and then the other daughters, you know, I'm, I'm quite sure, you know, they would have adopted that mentality and done something extraordinary. And that would have been like his reward in life, you know, like, Hey, he gave so much to us, you know, that that would have been his reward at the end of the day, seeing that he raised four successful daughters and he'll never be able to see that. 
and that's a tragedy in itself to me. Yeah, it's it's depressing. I wish I wanted to end it on a higher note. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I mean, I have these great memories, man. Like, do uh, do you know who uh uh Vic the Brick Jacobs is? No, he's the he. Uh, I was gonna look up a picture of him. He always talks like this, and he's Kobe. You're the man. There's one of my favorite pictures of him is uh him and Kobe like walking down the tunnel, mm-hmm. and this is them, and he's like all like oh yeah okay yeah and, I know who he is yeah yeah and he he's in a lot of the celebrations because he always runs on the court wearing his Lakers poncho, mm-hmm. and um I used to listen to his show every day like because I've always been a huge fan of like AM AM Sports Talk Radio, and like his passion for the Lakers was huge. His passion for Kobe was bigger, and <laughs> it's just really sad to think about it. Cause I, I remember thinking like, this guy fucking loves Kobe. Like this guy is a friend of Kobe's, and like win or lose, he's he's still gonna love Kobe. And it's like, I can't, I don't even, I can't even put the thoughts that I'm feeling right now into words. It's empathy, dude, because. You keep seeing that every day, like, because I personally thought, like, because I had a moment in the car, like, when I was at the gym, and I saw them interrupt the Pro Bowl, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to lose it, you know, like, why am I feeling like this? You know, I make fun of myself, because as being a kid, like, I always, like, blame it as being a kid, like, losing it, like, when Tupac died, because that was a tragedy, 25 years old, but then again, he was being a risky motherfucker, playing around with gang shit, Kobe wasn't doing this, I'm 30, I'm about to be 35 next month, and I'm losing it you know, in my car. And then you hear these stories of, you know, uh, goth girl, a, you know, I'm literally like, you know, crying because of, you know, everything that we're talking about, not a, not even a basketball fan, but still crying at the end of it. Every single football player, you know, from the pro bowl crying, you see, you know, doc rivers, ultimate rival against him crying, Greg Popovich, Jerry West, Shaquille O'Neal, like all these people, like just, you it's it's such a sad thing you know and we we tried to articulate it this last hour or so we've been on here and it's one of those things that just touches you because he touched you in some way or another that you can't imagine even like the fact that we're doing this podcast like mm-hmm. uh vic the brick was like a dude that i you know i i'm a fan of mm-hmm. his number one dude is kobe like he was obsessed with the Lakers. He was obsessed with Kobe. And, like, that. every episode was at least, you know, we at least got 15 minutes of Laker talk. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was not a Lakers show at all. It wasn't even an NBA show. It was an all-sports thing. But he yeah. just, the fact that that was a part of my day every day and the fact that, like, you know, that, that Kobe versus Duncan kind of thing was always there. And it was just, you know, like, I love the guy. Like, iron sharpens iron and, and like, like the NBA just won't be the same without him, man. Like, no. and what do you think about this? Because you said the NBA won't be the same without him. You you mentioned earlier they'll probably you know rename the trophy after him, the regular season MVP trophy. I've heard that scuttle. I've also heard the scuttle of them, you know, um, you know, retiring numbers eight and twenty four around the league. Uh, um, I actually don't think they should do that. Um, and then also to changing the logo and whatnot. And what do you think about things like that? I think I think the logo's fine. I think we need to, you know, there's we still need to honor the past. Mm-hmm. I think Jerry West is fine there. I think the numbers eight and twenty four. You know, he's not he's not the first guy to wear. It. He's not the last guy to wear it. I I think 
we're okay with with that. I think the Lakers need to retire it right now, though. Like, oh, they, they already have. Oh, okay, like that needs that for, that's right off the bat. I think yeah. the Lakers need last to, year yeah. that was happened, and I think statue needs to come up. Mm-hmm. I would like, um, so the Western Conference champion and the Eastern Conference champion get a trophy at the end of the year. Oh, get, you're right, right. Yeah. I think those need to be renamed like right now. I think that should be Western Conference. You give that to Kobe, the Kobe Bryant, um, um, Western Conference champion. Yeah, like that. That's your trophy, though, the Kobe Bryant trophy, and and then East give it to Michael Jordan. Call that the Michael Jordan trophy, <laughs> dude. That would be so fitting, dude. That's poetic as fuck, right there, dude. And like that's it. Like I mean, retiring jersey numbers. I mean, I feel like that's so individual to each franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as I love Walter Payton, and we have the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award and all these things, Walter Payton died at a very early age. That was actually the only case that I can think of of a person dying way beyond their years, like mm-hmm. dying super early after retirement. Yeah. Um. And, you know, obviously no one in Chicago can ever wear 34. Before. Like you can't even ask for it. It's not like oh, it's retired, but you, maybe we can. You don't even. You can't touch thirty four, mm-hmm. and so um, I think this should be treated the same way in 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 the NBA. Like no one in the Lakers should even like request. You know, in football you can kind of do like eighty eight for the Cowboys. Like how many dudes have worn eighty eight yeah. for the Cowboys? Kind of thing. That number's retired as fuck, but you can't. You can still wear it. I think it's it it. It needs it's it's special to me, especially the number twenty four. The number eight, I guess I don't associate him, especially because he was so young and mature. There's some mm-hmm. baggage along with the number eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not to gloss over that, but yeah, yeah. There's there's some baggage with the number eight, but definitely with the number twenty four. When he becomes a man, when he becomes this is Kobe's team, not so much Shaq's team. Like this is. This is this is he is the, boy the face. Becomes a man. Yeah, he is the face of not just the Lakers but also Los Angeles and mm-hmm. like. Los Angeles has many sports icons. Wayne Gretzky, Oscar so many, so many fucking Dodgers. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. And I think it's funny because I did think he surpassed Magic Johnson as far as like the Lakers like icon. You know, like for so many years it was Magic Johnson was like the face of the Lakers. Yeah. Even after retirement. But I think now, especially, I mean, it's sad to say, but this is really the event that staples him as the face of the franchise. I can't even imagine somebody like surpassing him ever. Wow. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's be bittersweet as a fan, but at the same time, it's like, you don't want to see that, you know, cause that he means so much, especially like I, I started this show off with like, that's my childhood. Like when I think of, I think of growing up with Kobe, you know, being in the sixth grade, like having like my first set of best friends, you know, playing basketball and talking about like, oh shoot, did you see that he was dating Brandy? You know, took her to the her her, her prom and whatnot, and then you see him win the first championship. You know, you see the tears flow from Sha- to me. Like whenever a man cries, like that makes me want to cry. Like when Alfred cries in The Dark Knight Returns, like that's like <laughs> the that's like our Forrest Gump at the end of Forrest Gump. Like that always gets me, and like all this these last couple of days just seeing like Jay Williams, you know, break down and say, you know, all oh, this shit doesn't matter, you know, cussing on live TV and all this stuff. Like it gets to me. Cause it's just like, that's real emotion, you know, from real men. I think the two things that really got to me were Tracy McGrady mm. talking about him. And Tracy McGrady said something that was really odd that he said that Kobe wanted to die young. And I thought that was really weird. What? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Co- yeah. He, Tracy McGrady. That's one of Kobe's best friends. 
Like, I guess he was really close to Kobe's daughters and all this stuff, but Kobe would always talk about how he wanted to die young, and I thought that was really weird. But um, but that one was, like, really took me, like, kind of took me, like, a left turn, like, because Tracy McGrady, like, broke down crying, and I agree. Like, anytime you see somebody breaking down crying, and then just because um, the, I think the Rockets and someone else were already playing, mm-hmm. um, when the Kobe news broke, and then the Lake, oh, sorry, the the Spurs and Raptors were gonna be the first game to tip off after the news broke, and like it almost felt like is this gonna still happen? Like we're we gonna cancel the game? Like it was just so much uncertainty. And then the first images that come of the game, you know, I I turn on my my NBA app to see like the game, and then the first things they're showing is just Greg Popovich with his arms around Demar Derozan and like mm-hmm. just bawling, crying. Like it's not even like. It's not even like controlled at all. Like he, mm-hmm. no words had to be saying said. Just like that image of Greg Popovich with his arms around Demar Derozan, like tough man. It's tough. Yeah, I'm right there with you, bro. Because every time you think you're in a good spot, and you know, even Tim Duncan crying. So Tim Duncan's a coach for the Spurs now. Yeah, there's a really sad like video going around where like all the coaches and the Spurs staff are like cleaning their faces with towels. Like, and they're just literally passing the towels to the next person down. Cause they're all bawling, crying. And then Tim Duncan, even throughout the game, he's like constantly wiping his eyes. Cause yeah. he's just, that's it. That was. And everybody it's in, it's weird. Cause everybody, like, like I said, like every celebrity you see, like ice cube saying, I wanted to call him cause I didn't believe this was real. I te- he texted him. I'm sorry that, you know, when you hear the news, just to see if Kobe would text back. Like everybody's going through those same emotions where it's just like it ebbs and flows where it's just like, okay, I'm in a good spot now. And then you see something like TNT had something on tonight, you know, when, you know, Shaq's talking about like, I haven't slept, I haven't ate. And then you just see this big, you know, 300, 400 pound man, you know, just losing it. You know, his brother died, you know, talking about, you know, he does have a younger brother by blood, but Kobe was his, you know, by all means, you know, his, his little brother you know, how he's going to, you know, make sure that all those girls, you know, they grow up and, you know, write or whatever he goes, he goes, that's the wrong I wanted to, you know, to write right there. You know, he said, I wish I loved him more after retirement, you know, talk to him more because he goes, I did love him. I loved him with all my heart, you know, and that's one of those things where it's just like, like Jay Williams said, it's just like, who gives a fuck about little, you know, spats and whatnot? Like, I mean, you saw it just today, like pulling up in um, the driveway. You know, me and my girlfriend had to go for a walk because you know we had like a little disagreement or whatnot. And I said, you know, fuck this. Like, let's figure this out right now. You know, let's take the dogs for a walk, figure it out because it doesn't matter. You know, I could, you know, <laughs> the next day, you know, after Kobe died, like I don't know about you, but it was foggy as fuck driving to work, and I was just thinking, like, man, this man died in this, you know, and I'm going through the same thing. Like, what if I don't come back? You know, I mean, like that's that's the that's the risk we all take every single day. That's the reality of life. Yeah, I mean, like it's completely unpredictable. You don't really know when you're get rear-ended, and that that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Or you choke on a fucking meatball. Like it sounds stupid, but people people die. You can slip in the shower and die, and it's 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 the sad reality of life. And I think every day we just need to, you know, understand how blessed we are to be around the people that we love, and the people that. You know, one time it was really, it was really, it was really interesting. So, um, one time my sister was telling me about her boss at work and her boss at work was saying like, 
she asks her boss to take a day off, right? And her boss would always say, like, that's fine. And, like, the boss was super understanding about taking time off anytime you need to take time off because the boss would always say, on your on your deathbed, you're never going to wish, God, I wish I was at work more. I wish I could earn more money. You're always going to think <laughs> yeah. about, God, I wish I would have spent more time with this person. I mm-hmm. wish I would be with my family more often. Like You're right. Like, you're never going to think about, like, man, I should have been, like, doing this other thing with my job. Like, I wish I would have worked more overtime. Like, fuck that <laughs> shit. Like, yeah. it's really important to, one, take care of yourself, take care of your family, be with the people you love. Hug the people you love and like make sure that the people that you love know that you love them. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, nothing is guaranteed. Tomorrow is definitely not guaranteed. Shannon Sharp said it best, and I don't agree with Shannon Sharp hardly ever. But he said that he goes, you know, God always, whether you believe in God or not, but God has an appointment, and that's one appointment you can never miss. It's true. You know, and I mean, I just, you know, like I said, I don't want to end this like on a on a down note or a sad note or whatever because this, this is a comedy podcast after all. But, you know, I just want to, you know, say to everybody out there, you know, I did this at the gym yesterday. It was so weird, but I'm glad I did it. But, you know, I remember I was in a band uh, with an individual and I, you know, go to uh, the gym with him. He probably's listening because he tells me to listen all the time. Shout out to Alvaro. But, you know, we had like little spats or whatever. We we're in a band together and we kind of bumped heads. But, I, you know, we share that memory of, you know, that last Laker championship. And I went up to him and was like, you know what, man, I love you, dude. Like, no matter what, like, I don't always fuck around and, you know, make fun of you and whatnot. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, man, I love you, dude. You're a great guy. And, you know, we both kind of like had our little mini discussion like we just had right here. But, you know, just everybody out there, you know, Art sitting right here, dude. I mean, there's nobody else I would have a podcast with. You know, I've since the first moment I listened to Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast and I knew what a podcast was, I was just like, dude. This guy is my best friend. He's my brother. You know, when I get married, this dude's going to be my best man at my marriage. You know, hopefully I die before you and you can give the eulogy, you know, and I'm sure you'll knock it out the park and and all that. But I love you, dude. I love you like a brother, you know. Same here, man. Like, I love doing this podcast. And the funny thing about it is that even in this podcast, like, we've had our ups and downs. Like, there's been moments where I'm like, damn, like, I've experienced a bunch of tough shit. You've experienced some tough shit. I've had, you know, like the beginning of last year really tested, like, should I keep doing this podcast? Is this good for me? And like, it's fun, man. It's fun to keep doing this. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not easy to keep doing this, but oh. it is fun. <laughs> it, it's become a labor of love. And I really appreciate that. I appreciate you giving time every week. And like, I, you know, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. been fun, man. Like you're one of my best friends, your family to me. You're like, you're like the one dude that I've known for a long time that like is consistently there. And like, that's family to me. Yeah. Like that, that's everything to me, man. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that. Like you've seen me at my lowest, man. <laughs> it's like, okay. You man. have, man. Like yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I love you, dude. I love yeah. you all my heart. I love dude. you too, man. <laughs> Let's kiss. <laughs> Get done over. and done. All right, guys. Shout <laughs> out to Gay Man Coffee. <laughs> Go to cavemancoffee.com, type in America at checkout. <laughs> Tell Martin Jacob sent you. <laughs> and um, fuck, yeah, make sure you follow us on all the fucking social medias. Make sure, uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but yeah, um, go to the Facebook group. Um, let's have some more discussions here. Let's make more friends. That's what That's the overarching thing I've always said throughout this podcast. You know, you see a lot of faces come and go on this podcast and you... 
um, their friends, their family. You know, we met new people every week. You know, Maddie a couple of days ago. I love that guy. That guy's cool as fuck. So this, that's if anything, if you learn about a cool conspiracy, that's cool too. But hopefully, we make some new friends and new family in the process. You know, and I just want to let you guys know that anybody out there, if no one loves you. Jacob loves you. Art loves you. And shit. I do care about you guys, by the way. Like, if you guys are dealing <laughs> with some shit, don't message me about dumb shit. But if you're dealing with some shit, I'm always I'm always open to listen. Hell yeah. So that said, everybody. Art, right, do you got anything else, brother? That's it, man. Just go to Caveman Coffee. Keep your eyes peeled for some, like, cool stuff that might be happening with the podcast. That's right. <laughs> so some that. cool stuff might be happening in the next month or so. Probably yeah. by March we should have some cool news for you guys. Hell yeah, that tax season money and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want, go to the Patreon. Help help us to help you. So with that said, everybody, Mamba out. Dear Basketball. From the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body to my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, deeply in love with you. I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart. Because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and the hurt. Not because challenge called me. But because you called me. I did everything for you. Because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream. And I'll always love you for it. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding. My mind can handle the grind. But my body knows it's time to say goodbye. And that's okay. I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now so we both can savor every moment we have left together. The good and the bad. We have given each other all that we have. And we both know no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, Five seconds on the clock, ball in my hands. Five, four, three, two, one.
love you always. Kobe. We up here, we work a lot. And I think a lot of times we, we, we take stuff for granted. Like, I don't talk to you guys as much as I, as much as I need to. The fact that uh, we're not going to be able to joke at his Hall of Fame ceremony. We're not going to be able to say, hi, I got five, you got four. The fact that we're not going to be able to say, if we would stay together, we could have got ten. Those are the things that you can't get back. And with the loss of my father, my sister, and my thing, that's the only thing I wish I could just say something to him again. Last time I talked to him was when we were here and I asked him to get 50 and he got 60. It's the last time I spoke to him. And I just wish I could have, you know, so it, it definitely changes me. I have to, because I work a lot. You, you, you guys know what I do. I, I, I work probably more than the average guy, but I just really have to now just take time and just call and say, I love you. Rick Fox called, finally called me and said, man, I love you. B. Shaw called me. So I'm going to try to do a better job of just reaching out and just talking to the people rather than always procrastinating because you never know. Life is too short. I never, I could never imagine nothing like this. I was thinking the other day, I've, I've never seen anything like this. All the basketball idols that I grew up, I see them. They're old. Like I used to be at home when you came to interview me, Ernie. I used to watch the great round, mile round of rebound. Now I'm working with him. I used to want to be Dr. J. He used to live next door to my mother in Orlando. My father used to tell me about the three great big men. I met them. I seen them. And the fact that uh, we lost probably the world's greatest Laker, world's greatest basketball player, it's just, I, listen, people are going to say, take your time and get better, but it's going to be hard for me. I already don't sleep anyway, so, but I'll, uh, I'll figure it out. My condolence goes out to his family, his mom, his dad, his sisters, the other families, everybody involved. Laker organization, I talked to Jeannie and Linda, and uh People here are hurting, especially in this organization. You know, some people have to get treatment, and some people just just don't understand. Because it hit all of us out of nowhere. I didn't want to believe it. I said to myself, Please, I, I hope somebody, some butt face made this up, and it's not true. I didn't want to believe it. And then after getting all the, com the, the calls, and then you finally feel his concern, it just, it just, you know, my spirit just, uh, left my body. I just wish I could be able to say one thing to the, one last thing to the people that we we lost. Because, uh, you know, once you're gone, you're gone forever. And, you know, we should never take stuff like that uh, for granted. You know, um, we, uh, we get caught up in this world in um, debates and who's the greatest and love to judge people and off the court and on the court decisions. I think a lot of times we forget about who people are. And um, I know for me, I had a defining moment in my life that he, he pushed me in the right direction. And um, for somebody who's a new father, who has a 
baby girl. Um, you know, I'm not going to say prayers and condolences because I don't even, I don't even know how you capture this moment, man. Um, I know everybody's coming out with their Kobe Bryant story, and that's fine. But um, he is just—he uh, was one of the most special individuals I've ever met, and uh, it wasn't just his on-the-court performance; it was who he wanted to be, how he held himself, and. We're all prone to make mistakes. We all live this life. Um, but his innate character, his, um, his being, his spirit uh, was incredible. It was just incredible. And uh, it's rare that I've been around a lot of people in my life. And you know, every time I was around him, if that was through the Players' Tribune, if that was through as a player, if that was through random workouts, there's something so damn uplifting about him. It just made you want to be better in every aspect of your life because that's who he was and that's the standard of excellence that he held himself to all the time and um today's just a really today's a tough day today's a hard day and i hope that um everybody at home you, you give that person next to you um whatever thing you have wrong in your life with them if this might be small or big let that go doesn't matter. I know I curse. I'm sorry. It's okay. None of that stuff matters, man. This is uh, it's about life and uh, being precious with every damn second we have here. Because it, from somebody who knows who almost happened to me like that, man, it's just over. It's done randomly, randomly, arbitrarily. And, uh, you know, his, his four girls and his wife, we, uh, we need to come around them and support them and help them. And the NBA should cancel all games today. Um, I don't really know what else to say.